Welcome to the Renaissance Church Podcast. Our mission is to glorify God and to make disciples by bringing the gospel into all of life in all the earth. This is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church here in Richmond, Texas. And if you've not joined us in a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we would love to have you join us. You can find out more information at rin-church.org. And I pray that you are encouraged and edified by the proclamation of God's word today. So I had that feeling uh, maybe about a month ago, if you remember being a a kid and it's like 9 p.m. on Tuesday night and you're like, I have a project due tomorrow. Do y'all remember that feeling? Anyone? Some of you are like, you had it done a year beforehand. Okay, God bless you. But that's not me. All right. And I had that feeling about a month ago. I was like, what are we going to do for Christmas? Oh my gosh, it's almost here. So it was on my heart and I did what I was teaching you guys to do, which is I prayed about that. Lord, would you help me know what to do for Christmas? And I had one of those experiences that Jason described where I woke up at three in the morning and I just had this phrase on the front of my mind, which was unexpected Christmas, unexpected Christmas. And Uh, I just want to spend the next few weeks talking about the unexpected elements that we find in the story of the birth of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus. Uh, In July of 21, we went, went on vacation. We got there on a Sunday night, and my son spiked a fever on Sunday night. That was in the middle of coronavirus, like craziness. And so we're like, hmm, that's weird. That's probably nothing, right? So we called the doctor. The doctor was like, yeah, just watch him. Then two nights later, my middle son spikes a fever. And we're like, hmm, it's not good. Thursday night, I get a fever. I go to the doctor. I had coronavirus. That was in the days of you, the Delta variant was just starting to kind of spread. And uh, millions of people had terrible responses and hospitalization, but you know, when it happens to you, you're like, really? Me? I, I never get sick, right? And so I didn't expect to make it through the pandemic unscathed, but I didn't really expect to get it and be hospitalized either. And you've probably noticed in your life that there are things that we all expect to happen, but when they do, it always comes to you unexpectedly, right? We, we all know that the cars that we drive don't last forever, and it's not like they, they will, they'll run for the rest of our lives without having a problem, but when you break down, you're like, what? What's going on, right? You're so inconvenienced. It, it, it's expected, but it's unexpected when it happens, and we see this throughout the, the, the story of Christmas. I, I found a, a quote. It's, I'm going to call it Deep Thoughts with Bob. This is Bob Dylan. And he says this. Doesn't expecting the unexpected make the unexpected expected? Deep thought, Bob. Very, very deep. And the answer is Yes, in theory, but in reality, in day-to-day living, even though you expect that something could happen when it happens, it always catches us by surprise. 
And in this series, I just want to kind of take us through the story and just kind of be, serve as a tour guide and just stop and be like, man, just, just imagine what that felt like in the moment, to put ourselves in their shoes. And we're going to see these, these incredible, unexpected elements that are filled with great hope and great joy and great peace and great love, along with some sobering realities. And I hope this will equip us with a grounded faith that is capable of great joy and great hope and great peace and great love in the midst of a life that is filled with the unexpected, expected things. So today I want to begin our series by talking about this, expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. There was a quote that says, the only certainty in life is that things are going to change. Have you ever heard that before? The only thing that is certain in life is that things are going to change. It's kind of like that. We expect the unexpected. I just want to begin way back in the Christmas story, before Mary, before Joseph, before a baby lying in a manger. We're going to go 700 plus years before that to the prophet Isaiah. And there's this moment where Isaiah is talking talking to a guy by the name of King Ahaz. And if you go back to the first chapter of Matthew that you never read, because it's a genealogy, and you're like, skip, let's go to chapter two, right? Buried deep into there, you're going to find the name of a guy whose name is Ahaz. He was a king in the line of David, and he was not a good king. In fact, he actually, he, uh, he committed child sacrifice with his own son in a fire to appease a false god. He was not a good guy, not a good king. But he has this interaction with the prophet Isaiah. And out of that interaction in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, here's what the prophet says. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive have a son, and name him Emmanuel. So 700 years before Jesus comes and, and is born of a virgin, you know, and she names him Jesus, Emmanuel means God with us, right? But before that moment, for 700 years, the Jewish people have been expecting this to happen, they, they, they all knew the story. They all knew the prophecy, and they were expecting the Christ to come, just not on the day that he actually came. There's a, a movie called Elf. Have you all seen Elf? Will Ferrell, Elf? None of you. Wow. Okay, thank you for interacting with me this Sunday. I've got to shake you up a little bit. You've all seen Elf, right? And if you remember, there's a point in Buddy's life where he's kind of feeling dejected because he's not like all the other elves, okay? And they make him a toy tester, and he's sitting there with the jack-in-the-box. And every time he's like, ah, you know, he's scared every time. It's kind of like that, right? It's like you know something's going to happen, but when it happens, you're caught on aware. That's, that's what happens with the Jewish people. Jesus comes on a certain day to, to this Virgin Mary, and they're expecting it to happen, but not in the way that it did. It was the unexpected. He came 
unexpectedly and just put yourself in their shoes. Imagine we have a prophecy from like the 1300s that we all know about, everybody knows about here. And we all kind of expect, you know, sure, it's going to happen, but every year comes and goes and the prophecy is not fulfilled and there's no Christ. And there's this great hope that's coming. Yeah, it's going to be great whenever he comes. But we don't really expect it to happen, at least not anytime soon. Not today. For them, the coming of the Messiah signaled the greatest hope. But eventually, when he doesn't come, you stop hoping. And the first point is this. The unexpected arrival of Jesus proclaims that God fulfills his word. That's what it tells us. The unexpected, expected arrival of Jesus proclaims that God fulfills his word. In Matthew's telling of the Christmas story, he quotes from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and he says, this has been fulfilled. He came just like the prophet said that he would, right? He, he puts it together so that readers like us would recognize this truth that God, who says he's going to do something, will eventually get it done. He will fulfill his word. Um, some of you might come from a, a, a tradition where you have an Advent wreath. Maybe you grew up around that in your church, in your home, right? You had the Advent wreath, and it has the four candles, and then there's the, the Christ candle in the middle, and you would, you would kind of light one candle every week. And the first week, the, the week that we just came out of, that's called the prophecy candle, and it's referring to this, that God tells us what he's going to do, and then he fulfills it. And you, you might know this, but 25 to 30% of your Bible is prophecy, right? Almost one-third of your entire scripture is prophetic, and over 330-plus prophecies were fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus. He's a God who fulfills his word, his promises. And that prophecy candle is also called the hope candle because there's something hopeful for us as people to know that we serve the God who says he's going to do it and then he actually does it. We can hope in the fulfilled word of God. And friends, if you're facing the unexpected in your life, you need to know that. You need to know that God will fulfill his word, that you can hope beyond hope because there's a God who's moving behind all the things that we can't see or understand and he's fulfilling his word. The Bible is full of promises, promises about who he is. Promises about what he'll do for us when we turn to him. Promises about how he's going to provide for us and help us. Promises about what's coming. This assurance that we have in Jesus, right? We have these promises over and over again. And the first coming of Jesus tells us that he is the promise keeper. 
And so today, if you're in the middle and you're waiting for the promise to happen, just look to the first coming of Jesus and remember, he's the God who keeps his promises. If he says he's going to send this child to a virgin and they're going to name Emmanuel, guess what? It's going to happen. And if God says that he's going to be your rock, then guess what? You have a rock that you can count on. And if God says that he's going to provide for you, then you can know that God's going to provide for you. If you know that God has said that I have a plan for your life, guess what? He actually has a plan for your life. He will fulfill his word. He will get it done. And that is good news when we're walking through unexpected things in life. It's the concrete that we anchor our hope to, the God who keeps his promises. But I just wonder, I just wonder if maybe we're so much like the people of Israel that when it happens, it happens in the way that we don't expect it and we're just kind of like, eh, really? That's the fulfillment of the promise that you gave. Because he still fulfills expected promises in unexpected ways. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, Luke's telling the Christmas story. And I've read this many, many times. You probably have to, probably every time of, you know, each time this time of year, you, you, you read this. And here's what it says. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary the familiar uh, beginning to a familiar story. But in all the years that I've read that, I've never caught or noticed the very first phrase in the sixth month. Which I think that's that's an important phrase because it has a a time stamp on it. In in Galatians chapter four, verse four, Paul says this. He says, when the time came to completion... God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. When the time came to completion, your translation might also say, when the fullness of time had come, or it might say, at just the right time, God sent his son. The second point I want to point out to us today is this. The unexpected arrival of Jesus reveals God's timing. We serve the God who knows what time it is. He knows the time that we live in. He knows when the fullness of time has come. He knows when just the right time is. He's the God of timing. And there is a point in time that the scripture calls the fullness of time. I imagine Mary is just being Mary. She's a young lady. She's betrothed. She's engaged. She's probably thinking about Joseph. She's probably thinking about the wedding and maybe what her gown's going to look like. I don't know what all their traditions were. I imagine they had special clothing and food and all the festivities, right, that were happening. 
And maybe she's doing that thing, I don't, girls, where you, where you would write your first name with his last name when you, you're interested in a boy. Do girls do that anymore? No? I'm getting some, some of the young ones are like, no, we don't do that anymore. You're so progressive, okay? <laughs> but that was a thing, okay? When a girl liked a boy, she would practice the last name, kind of like, oh, no, that's not going to work out. I hate that last name, right? <laughs> Or she's like getting used to it, like, I think I can deal with that, all right? So, so maybe Mary's just doing that. She's doing normal stuff for a girl that was probably in her teens, and she's engaged to this man, and she's a, a virgin, and, and yet in a moment, poof, Gabriel steps in to her life, and he tells her what time it is. Because he's, he's been sent by the God of timing. And the time had come in the sixth month. My pastor used to say, um, God's never late, but he's never early. He's always right on time. Have you all heard that before? God's never late. He's never early, but he's always right on time. Now, in my mind, when you say right on time, the, the right time is either right now or yesterday, right? You, you pray prayers like, God, please, w- would you provide every dollar that I'll ever need for every expense that I don't even know is coming yet in the name of Jesus, amen, right? Because we would love all the things to happen either right now or yesterday, But that's not how God works. Our time and his time are not the same. And there was a moment where it was the right time in God's economy, in in God's plan that he's unfolding on planet Earth for this young lady to to, to to be conceiving a child by the Holy Spirit so that at just the right moment, Christ Jesus would be born in a manger in Bethlehem. He has his own time. But it tells us that he's not only the promise keeper, he's the time keeper. And if you're in the middle of the unexpected, when you're facing unexpected things in your life, there are things that happen when they happen and you don't know why. And I just want to point you to the time keeper, that God is at work even in the timing of our lives. There's a, a famous passage in Ecclesiastes chapter three. You've probably heard it. You, you might know all this, the old song. To everything turned, turned, there is a season. Y'all know that song, anybody? Thank you. Anyone under 20 know that song? No. We need to culture you guys, okay? comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You can just read it in the Bible. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. 
And it says there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a, there's a time to, uh, to tear down and a time to build up. There's a time to sow and a, and a time to rip. There's a time for war and a time for peace, right? All the, all the things that, that we have heard before, a, a, a time for every matter under heaven. And whatever season you're in, there's a time for it. And God is the timekeeper, and he's the God who tells us what time it is. And maybe if you're in the middle of the unexpected, here, here, here's a prayer that I would just, I would recommend for you. And it's this, God, what time is it? Holy Spirit, what time is it right now? What do you want me to do? What's the season that you have me in right now? It reveals God's Timing. The, the last and third point that I want to make is the one that caught me off guard as I first began to study Advent. Um, I, I didn't come from a background that had all the candles and the wreath and all that. So I, I began to study Advent. And, and this third part kind of caught me off guard. And it, it's an unexpected emphasis of the Advent season. And it comes from the words of Jesus in Matthew 24. I have them on the screen for you. It starts in verse 36. And here's what it says. This is a Jesus teaching. He's on the Mount of Olives. This is called the Olivet Discourse, and he's going to be preaching there. Here's what he's telling his disciples. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, except the Father alone. As the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark. They didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way the coming of the Son of Man will be. By the way, Advent means arrival. The coming of the Son of Man will be. Verse 40, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding grain with a hand mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. But know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you are also to be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. In short, he said, you can expect this to happen unexpectedly. Expect the unexpected. Now, do you understand why this kind of surprised me? In the midst of a season that is filled with lights and gifts and celebrations and songs, in warm, nostalgic feelings of Christmas, I started to study Advent. I was like, we're talking about Judgment Day at Christmas time? What? And yet, here's the point. The first unexpected arrival of Jesus guarantees the second. The first unexpected arrival of Jesus guarantees the second. There are no classic Bing, Chris, uh, Bing Crosby songs 
about the second coming of Jesus that we sing at Christmas time, right? There's no crooning about judgment day. It's, it's joy and snowfall and all the awesome things that we love about this season. But this season is actually a time where we're supposed to be remembering the first coming so that we can prepare ourselves for the second. It's a time where we pray and we, we ready ourselves, as Jesus said, stay alert and be ready. Um, in the passage, Jesus says, again, there's an appointed time. The angels don't know it. Jesus in, in the human body, the fully human Jesus didn't know it. The father knew it. He knew the time. The timekeeper had an appointed time at the fullness of time. Something was going to happen. And Jesus says, people like us are going to be going to the grocery store and eating and drinking and getting married and giving in marriage. And then poof, son of man is coming. It's going to happen. And we can know that it's going to happen because it happened the first time. Jesus coming in the manger. He says there's going to be a separating out of godly from ungodly, from, of believers from, from unbelievers. One will be taken. The other will be left. And he says, hey, you can expect it to happen, but it's going to happen unexpectedly. So be ready. And here's the thing, if Jesus says that we're to be ready, then guess what? It must be possible to be ready for that day. Did you know that? Did you know that you can be ready for the second arrival of Jesus? Are you ready right now? Because he says to be alert and ready, you know, in here in Houston, maybe you've experienced this. We have ungodly demonic creatures called cockroaches. La cucarachas, y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. And when one comes into the house, you gotta be ready. You gotta be alert, right? And so what you do is you get a shoe, maybe it's like a house slipper or something like that, a flip-flop works great, okay? I've used many flip-flops. You grab a flip-flop or a house shoe or something like that in one hand and you get the bug spray in the second hand and you're just watching, you're ready. Because at any moment, that little bugger is gonna, gonna come out and you have to be ready, right? And when it comes out, what do you do? You scream, right? Men? Confession is good for the soul, even for me. Sometimes, as a man, right, and, and one comes up, I'm like, ah, right, and you, you scream like a girl, and then you, you either use one or both weapons at the same time, okay, and you kill that thing, right, because it's ungodly, it's demonic, it needs to die, it should never exist in the first place, amen, amen, we all agree, thank you, Lord, whatever is bound on earth will be bound on so we use one or both weapons. Now that's a terribly disturbing illustration, but you get my point. We need to be alert and ready. That's what Jesus tells them. Be alert, be ready. Through Jesus, 
you can be ready for the unexpected. I'll tell you this. Through Jesus Christ, not only can you be ready for the unexpected, expected return, you can be ready for the unexpected that hits your life, that's going to hit your life whenever the unexpected happens to you. Because there can be a deepening of your faith, your trust, your, your devotion to him so that when it happens, you're anchored in him because you know he's the promise keeper and he's the time keeper. He wants us to be ready. And so this Christmas, as you reflect on the first coming of Jesus, let it remind you of the second, he's coming. He's coming. And yes, there is gonna be judgment, but there's also gonna be new heavens and a new earth. And we can have great, great hope. So, let me close with this. The unexpected arrival of Jesus proclaims that God fulfills his word and reveals God's timing. And the first unexpected arrival of Jesus guarantees the second. We all face the unexpected in life. Even the things that we expect come to us unexpectedly. And so I just want, to, want you to remember the promise keeper. Some of you need to know that. Some of you have walked through some things and you need to know that he will keep his word. Some of you are in the middle of just like, what in the world season am I in right now? And you need to know he's the time keeper and you can pray, God, what time is it? What season do you have for me right now? And lastly, you can be ready for the second coming of Jesus. And here's the thing. It's what you do with the first coming of Jesus that prepares you for the second coming. When you put your confidence, your faith, your hope in the one who came born of a virgin in a manger, as Jason said, who died for your sins, who rose from the dead, and ascended to the Father and will return. When you put your confidence in the first coming of Jesus, you will be ready for the second. So, friends, let's get ready. Let's prepare ourselves this Christmas season. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To support our work, you can like, share, subscribe, or you can donate at rind-church.org.